Supreme Mother? What the heck is that supposed to mean? They called me that because I'm Brady's mother. Trudy, you told us they treated you like a slave. They did! Looked more like some sort of goddess to me. Well, that's what was so terrible! Okay, what is so terrible about that? She was enjoying every minute of it. No, it was all an act. I hated it. What? People bowing down to you? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, don't you see? I had to go along with them. They had Brady. They didn't want me. They wanted her. They wanted Zoot's child. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 47 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 47, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by Julian McSweeney. And the episode synopsis read out by Sabine. Trudy is forced to go on a defensive after May reveals her true role in the Chosen to the rest of the tribe. Ellie causes trouble for Tysan after locating Alice. And Ebony learns of Bray's plans to turn the tribe leaders against her. Alright, so the episode kicks off with the cliffhanger from the episode before, with the Morats assembling to listen to May's account of her time in The Chosen and Trudy's role as the Supreme Mother. Trudy, however, argues that it was all an act to stay alive and to remain with Brady. Hearing this, May apologises, but Chloe and Casey aren't taken in. So yeah, panel, what did you make of May's information here and Trudy's defence? I mean, she was quick, you know, and it's a logical defence, right? Like, because she did leave with The Chosen to be with Brady, to protect Brady, right? It does make sense. There's merit to it. And maybe in the beginning, that's what it was. Uh, but she did very well trying to, to convince everybody and, and the people, I guess, that mattered might be taken in by it, you know. Uh, good for Chloe and Casey. <laughs> not, not listening to the bullcrap. Uh, I have to I really liked how... Trudy instantly when when she told her story with a with a yeah but all I wanted was to be with my daughter that's why I went with them and then she goes to place to Lex's emotions yep and his guilt because you know that's how that works and it works perfectly on him because she can instantly see it in his face with a, oh crap yes he did go with the chosen to save my life and to yeah. be with her kid mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> So I think that was brilliant and quick thinking. That was well played, yeah. <laughs> it's a good scene, you know. Um, we've been waiting, you know, on a night's edge for her secret to come out, for anyone to cotton on, you know. So that cliffhanger of, oh, is this the moment they're all going to realize that, you know, Trudy's playing them or that she's with the Chosen. And it so it gives you that nice break in the tension and then reels you back like, oh, no, well, no, Chosen Wagon is still going. They're still coming. Trudy was able to, like, save herself there. It was really it's just a nice use of that nice um, false sense of thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is it. She's going to be exposed. But it's also a really cool red flag and a bit of foreshadowing because she's basically telling them exactly what she's still doing. And what she's going to continue doing. She's telling them, I had to play along to stay with my daughter. She tells them straight up, it was not me. They, it's Brady. She's basically giving away the game, but they don't realize it. And I mm-hmm. really like that. I just thought that was really cool that she's telling them straight up. 
I'm pretending I'm playing along because of my child. If I don't do what they want, I will lose her. I may never see her again. They may kill me. And that's exactly what she's doing. And that's what she's going to do. And I just, I thought that was pretty cool form of foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. And and it's the best way to convince someone because she is telling the truth. She went with them and she went along with them for Brady. And the best, you know, way to make herself look better is by telling the truth with leaving out some details. Yeah, that half truth that Ebony's so good at. Yeah. And right now she's just as skilled. Because I do, I do believe she's still just doing what she's doing to protect, you know, mm-hmm. Brady as well and to be with her child. But there's also that part where she's got to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just a little, you know. And it's because of all that she's gone through and all that they, you know, put her through. Like, they didn't yeah. go looking for, you know, there's all that resentment. Mm-hmm. And that's the guilt she's using against him now. I just, uh, I, I love the look on Casey's face with it. <sighs> yeah, no, don't buy it. <laughs> Did everything with Rolla's eyes. Mm-hmm. And him and Chloe together, it's just so cute. And it's it's great to see them getting together over this, you know. Mm-hmm. Getting closer. Her finally having someone t- to share this with. And then Patsy behind it with a, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that realization on Patsy's face. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it, yeah, <laughs> that KC clocked onto her performance. It was like, <laughs> and it makes sense for KC. You're like, okay, yeah. yeah. This guy who continues to hustle people, he, he knows yeah. when someone's acting up. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So good. <laughs> I mean, had Lance not been this consumed by guilt over this, <laughs> over what happened to Trudy, you might have seen through it as well. But He can't see Trudy because of all the guilt this whole time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And KC has no guilt in this. Or at least, you know, he's he's a kid. He he doesn't have to deal with the guilt. But he's definitely calling that BS. Mm-hmm. Sure. I like the um the inclusion of Patsy's expression. Yeah. You can see she's clearly starting to become uncomfortable with the lies. Because here you have Trudy's telling her in one ear, the chosen are such a good thing. They treated me like a queen. It was wonderful. Something's coming and it's gonna be great for all of us. But we can't tell the others yet. They're not ready for that truth yet. You can't force it, can't hurry it. And she's accepted that's the way it has to be. But you you're seeing in this 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 shot of her how uncomfortable she is with Trudy lying to the group, or at least how she perceives that Trudy's lying to the group. You know, because that's not what Trudy told her the experience was with the chosen. And it's like your first hint that Patsy's starting to doubt what is going on between mm-hmm. her it's a small moment but i like that they included that shot of her reaction to trudy's story you know um because it's like if trudy told you the chosen were wonderful to me i had a great experience it wasn't bad i grew from it all this stuff and then you're watching her put on this performance of sobbing and she's so convincing you're gonna start to wonder when she's lying to you and when she's not mm-hmm. and would you be yeah. able to tell the difference you know and it, children if you want to scare a child be inconsistent that is terrifying to a child psychologically mm. they need the stability of knowing what to expect from you and so yeah even something as simple as Trudy perform performing this would be unsettling for Patsy because it's just like I, I know you said we can't tell them the truth but you're you're really laying it on and 
I'm not comfortable with this. And I'm beginning to wonder, you know, which one is the truth? Was it a bad time? Were you pretending or was it great? Like, I don't know, you know, and yeah, just a small detail that I like. And there's just a tiny bit of her noticing that Casey and Chloe together that, oh, you know, that could have been me and Chloe or that used to be me and Chloe. Mm. Because that closeness of those two, just in that tiny moment, has got to hurt her. Well, she's going through what a lot of, I don't want to say victim, but I guess it's probably the best word, victims of cults. Trudy is isolating her from her family. Yeah. And Patsy's losing that connection from them. She feels completely isolated from the rest of them, you know, and that's also an unsettling feeling as a child. If a secret is a good thing, why is it a secret, you know? Um it isn't like, oh, we're, we're stealing cookies together. You know, that's a good secret. This is an uncomfortable secret. And you have to start asking yourself as a child is why can't we tell anybody? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a good thing, why do we have to keep it th this way? Um, especially when the idea of Tr Trudy being with the Chosen is so unsettling for everybody. If I were a kid, I'd be thinking, shouldn't we be easing them into that? Shouldn't we be putting them at ease and letting them know that it won't be a bad thing when the Chosen come? Why are we allowing our family to still be afraid of the Chosen if they're not bad and we know they're coming? Won't that be very jarring and scary for our family? <laughs> like, why, why would we do that to them? Why wouldn't we prepare them? And so they'll be happy when the Chosen come or whatever. Just all of it. And you, Sarah Major, you can see it on her face. Yes, he did wonderful. Besides, I vouch for all of you. I back up my crew 100%. Or at least 99. <laughs> all that stuff about your love life? How much we have in common, it's you, isn't it? You're the traitor. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't struggle. You're with the Chosen, aren't you? And don't lie to me. No. <laughs> Ebony lets it be known among the militia that she believes that there is a Chosen spy among them before making a show of suspecting Alice and threatening her with death. Later, reaffirming in private that Alice is the only one that she can trust. So yeah, uh, just talk about that for a bit, panel. What, what did you make of Ebony's performance here? And do you think it was a smart move? Yeah, I think it was beautiful. I think it was Very well clever. done. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. It was perfect because it was so unexpected. You know, nobody knew it was coming. Even Alice wasn't in on it. Mm -hmm. So the only person that knew was Ebony. And it, it was just, it was beautifully done. It was needed. You know, you see the, the look on the malicious face, you know, when this happens. So And on Alice's face, because he did not know about it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The surprise is genuine. And it's just the two of them. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully done. It, it's the most convincing they could have done it. And Ebony knows that. Yeah. And it kills two birds with one stone. Ebony needs Alice to find out what her militia are up to. But they're not going to trust Alice because she's not one mm -hmm. of them. She's just some new hire who showed up. And there haven't, hasn't been a girl in the Locos since season one. And that's when Zoot was still alive. Once yeah. Ebony took over, she got rid of any female competition whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to accept Alice. And if they do have a secret that they don't want Ebony to find out, they're not going to tell her. So by doing this, not only has Ebony made them realize like, oh, I don't really trust her either. So they don't suspect her so much. They're like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. okay, she's cool, she's cool. Um, but it also makes them feel more emboldened in what they're doing because she's uh, reiterating how much she trusts them. Like, I vouch for all of my men, you know what I mean? 
And so they're like, oh, wow, she's not on to us at all. She doesn't suspect anything that we're doing. And so if they were going to, if Alice, this was, this gave Alice the best chance of finding out anything yeah. from them. Yeah. Because now, you know, I just thought that that was a clever move for her. My only question I had was now Alice said, you know, she was actually kind of, you know, afraid when she did that. Like, I thought I was a goner. But I think on some level, Alice was still playing along because this is Alice. She could easily trounce Ebony if she was mm -hmm. actually in danger. Yeah. If she yeah. truly believed she was in danger, it's like, just flip that little midget over your shoulder. <laughs> and so I, the fact that she doesn't fight back, even though she's terribly, obviously scared of what the frick Ebony's playing at, she had enough sense to play along just in case. Yes. Like, just, yes. just enough, just an inkling yes. of their like, you know, because she could have, she could have easily oh, Ebony she out. stomped her, done. <laughs> Gave her a whipping with whatever was uh, held to her throat. It's fine. Smart move, Alice. You know, just in case she's messing with me, I'm going to play along. <laughs> this woman might kill me. I might have to kill her. <laughs> See where this goes. Ebony live like that. How does she live surrounded by eight guys who she knows would sell her out for a pair of shoelaces? She does. I mean... She she doesn't live. I think she just survives day to day. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a damn shame too, because uh, I feel like Ebony could be a she could be a decent person if she really wanted to be. If she really would like trust the people that had her best interests in mind. You know, like because I feel like there are a few people she like. I feel she could have trusted Bray. Yeah. You know, I don't really feel like Bray would ever do anything intentional. First, at the very least to harm ebony right or at least at least as long as he would not have a girlfriend that would influence him that badly either way you know what i mean like i i there are a few people you know mm -hmm. um there are she plenty can, of people she could trust yes like but she always distance her distances herself enough because she's always been hurt so she's gonna you know make sure that doesn't happen or that she does it first ebony is like main principle in life is shoot first because there's always yep. someone in the wings waiting to shoot you. As yes. long as you believe that you're always going to be on the defense. You're always going to be attacking mm -hmm. people. And she's the one who breaks the trust with people. It's, yes. it's, it's always her actions that lead to the breaking of trust. And then she has the nerve to be like upset at the person reacting to her break in trust. She's yeah. always done something that makes them not trust her. And then she's accusing them. I can't trust you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not what's happening until she grows out of that. She will always be this isolated and alone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's probably due to previous experiences though. Oh no, it absolutely is. Oh, I, I, I get, I didn't, I understand why <laughs> she's this way. I'm simply saying until she grows out of mm -hmm. it, she's going to be stuck here in the same hamster wheel forever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because she thinks that she can do everything. She's got to know that she needs people. I do love this friendship that is about to develop between her and, and Alice, you know, this yeah. little understanding that they have. Um, it's going to be nice to see. If only there was more of it. Yeah. Ebony expects people to prove that she can trust them and yet has no qualms about being trustworthy right. whatsoever. Yeah. Right. 
you know, so regardless of her experiences, she's just a massive hypocrite when it comes to how she treats people. She's allowed to do whatever she wants to you, but God forbid you retaliate or react to that. You have to be absolutely perfect for her to even give you a shot, but she can do anything she wants to you and you're supposed to just take it. Because that's who she is. And that's just who that's she is. what she does. Yeah. It's like she's done nothing to earn Alice's trust. But she harps on about the trust, the trust, the trust, the trust, the trust, you know. And as far as, you know, Alice is concerned, Ty or Ebony is the person that tried to kill Tysan. But right now, right. Tysan is her enemy. Yeah, and the enemy is my enemy. And and Alice is smart about it, you know, when you know, she's like, I don't know if I trust her, but um I get her and at least I right now yeah. we want the same thing. I wanna find out what's going on with these chosen mm -hmm. too. And she knows Ebony is smart. She knows that Ebony is smart. Yeah. And that Ebony can get things done. And right now she doesn't feel, you know, comfortable at the mall. Ebony gave her something to focus on. Yes. And she, yeah. she needed that distraction. Yeah, she did. She really did. You know, and at the same time, with being by Ebony's side, she's in the best position to help her sister without being near her sister. Yeah. This is true. You know, and if anything is going on, if Ebony is doing anything, Alice is going to find out now. Yeah. So, I mean, Alice is smart. She is a smart cookie. And I do believe she knows how to make the best of situations. Um, it sucks that it took this crap with Tysan and Lex, you know, running to, to run her out. But it, it, the heart wants what the heart wants. Teenage girls. She just likes her voice bad. Mm hmm. Well, she got away thanks to me. So you want to come and join us, May? Join the meeting or join the Morats? Both on a show of hands. As Bray calls a meeting to discuss how to deal with the rumours surrounding Billy Boy, Celine calls her maid to be there as she saved her life from the smile. Although initially reluctant to derail the purpose of the meeting, Bray eventually instigates a vote and May becomes a Morat by a unanimous show of hands. So yeah, panel two questions here. Like, were you happy to see May join the tribe so quickly? Um, and yeah, well, following on from that, what do you make of the Morats' system to allow a new member immediately whenever someone has been saved. Uh, <laughs> I, I, mm. It's stupid. It's a really mm. low bar. <laughs> yeah, like, I I don't really know what my opinion is. I'm just, I don't care for May. She's never, she's always proved to me that she's a crappy person. So I... <sighs> all, all I'm thinking here is they have a low bar for everyone, except for when Trudy wanted to join. <laughs> well, duh, she had a baby. Yeah, fair enough, but still, you know, it's yeah, instantly, know. oh, everyone's all for it. Tysan came in. Well, Amber's not there anymore. Tysan came in. Everyone's all for Tysan joining, you know? I mean, it's, they're, I, I guess it's the one thing that is consistent. It says something about their youth, you know? Everything yeah. is based on emotions. Yes. You know, there's no consistency in fairness or logic. It's just emotions. You know, and it doesn't take much for someone to claim that their lives were saved. You know, I'm like, I, I highly doubt the smile is going to do much more than bruise your pretty face, Celine. I, I don't think May saved your life, but whatevs, you know, <laughs> um, I think Chloe was in far more danger of the locos than you were of the smile. I'm just, yeah. but yeah, it doesn't take much. And it's just an emotional thing. They're happy that Celine came back because the majority like Celine. And um, May was the reason she came back. May protected her. So it's just an emotional thing for them. 
Yeah. It's not like Danny got a vote and then they made a big deal about Alice and Ellie, you know, and it's just, they're just all over the place based on how they feel. And then they tell Ebony later, you were never part of this. You never got voted in. Um, I feel like it is based all on their mood, you know, like, Mm -hmm. are are we really being tribal right now? Okay, let's vote. All right. We're not really a tribe right now. We're just kind of a group of people. It's fine. I don't like me. I like. I just love how May joined the meeting regardless. She, <laughs> she was, was going to be there anyway. Yeah, she was sneaking it on it, and she just conveniently right there. Like, oh, <laughs> I know somebody told you you weren't supposed to be here. She's like, I need to know what these people are talking about. May doesn't care. Like, there are no May does not have rules, right? <laughs> nope. Like, <laughs> oh man. Except for if you sleep with a guy, you steal his boots. You steal his friggin' boots. I, ju- I do feel for Bray here. He is trying to get something done. Yes. And it's just like for everyone talks about stuff that doesn't, this is not the time. He has called an important meeting with you. And they want to okay? play happy families. It's, and it's okay. everybody like, like I, I mean, I get why Ryan does it. He is desperate to lock Celine down. He's like, mm-hmm. she ain't going anywhere. I'm yeah. putting the ball and chain on her so freaking fast. She won't be able to run. And in front of Bray without... Um, you know, people using that against him. It's just, uh, yeah, just one person after another announcing inconsequential stuff that doesn't matter. And poor Bray is just like, I'm trying to save our lives, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be a leader here. Yeah. I'm trying to be a leader. <laughs> Let me lead, please. No, poor Bray. Yeah, you're right. Uh, poor Bray. It's fine. Yeah, poor Bray. For- for once, he's actually trying. The look on his face when Ryan's talking, like he has to force a smile when he finally makes the announcement. <laughs> he finally gets to the point that he and Selene are getting married. He's like, oh, okay. But up until then, you could tell he was just like, get on with it. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about you two right now, right? Mm. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'm with you, Bray. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. how do I feel about May joining? Um, Again, like I said, it's no different than anybody else that we barely know. In fact, we know more about May than any other character. Yeah, she's a crap person. And um, they're doomed anyway, so it really doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like, I want to tell May, run. Run. (laughs) You don't want to join these guys. Run away. (laughs) You're safer on your own. Yeah. You thought you got away from the crazies? They are coming to live with you. <laughs> They're going to take your bedroom. Picked a wrong tribe to join, honey. I don't feel sorry for her. Sorry, not sorry, May. You stole Lex's boots. <laughs> you don't feel sorry for her, like No, I don't. It sucks, though, because I have this. I have a horrible bias, right? Because I know all the crap she does later on to save her own butt. You know what I mean? And and. It's so hard, but then I'm like, how do I I justify all the stuff Ebony does, <laughs> and still like her? You know, I just don't like. I don't like May. I don't know. I don't know. I like May in this season. I just hate her in a later one. I have a little sympathy for May, at least in this situation. Yeah. Um, she's she is so much like Ebony. She is somebody who can't trust. But she herself isn't trustworthy. And so yeah. she's in the same cycle as Ebony. Yep. She does untrustworthy things to people. But is unlike Ebony, May is a little bit more desperate for companionship. Where Ebony is like, I'm fine. I don't need yeah. anybody. I'm good. But That's May, true. you can tell, actually does want 
people around her. She doesn't want to be alone. Um, and yet her behavior puts her in that place where she ends up mm -hmm. alone when yeah. people don't want to tolerate her anymore. And, you know, she gets, she becomes an outcast. She really is an outcast. And, um, the difference I will say between May and Ebony is that I think May tries harder. Like she's, they're both self-aware, but I think May is more self-aware of her flaws and why she, you know, why people don't want her around where Ebony doesn't seem to get it. <laughs> like yeah. she, yeah. like mm -hmm. Ebony victimizes herself, you know, where May gets it. She will be honest with you about the fact that you shouldn't trust me. I'm a broken person and I can't seem to get out of this but she does seem to try she really does want to be a good person it's just her you know when stuff are, you know goes sideways her instincts kick in and she'll jump on the opportunity to you know advance herself and screw anybody else over she may even feel guilty about it like look i i was just trying to save myself i kind of yeah. feel bad you know i didn't want bad yeah. things to happen to you but i came first you know yeah. So yeah, she has a strong survivor instinct. So I do think that makes May an interesting character because she could have been a carbon copy of Ebony, but there's subtleties that make her, her own person. And in this situation, I do feel bad for her. She's looking for a tribe, a place to belong. These guys seem so nice. They're the richest tribe in the city, and they've brought her in like their personal orphan Oliver. That all seems like a dream come true. She escaped the chosen, oh. and you know, and now she's gonna be. These guys are gonna deliver her right back to the chosen. Yeah. No wonder she has yeah. no patience for them in season three, where she's just like, "Look, you guys are really sweet and stuff, but I want to live." <laughs> I'm not. I'm not justifying her behavior. Just that. I do feel a little bad for her. I, I kind of have to, have to laugh at the fact that we see Trudy vote her in because she must have known what was coming. With, ah, oh, you escaped the Chosen, how cute. Well, you tried to rat me out, so you get to join us in the downfall. I'm gonna have you polishing my boots, girl. Mm-hmm. Spit shining. Changing my baby. Yeah. May's gonna be put on dirty nappy duty for life. Well, Trudy just wants to see her enslaved. She doesn't want to have to deal with her. So yeah, like we mentioned, uh, Ryan decides that he wants to marry Celine right away, and they announce it to the rest of the tribe. Celine approaches Tysan to perform the ceremony, but still feeling guilty about Alice, Tysan doesn't believe herself to be spiritually able to do it. At this point, Celine later talks to Trudy, who offers to do it instead. If it helps, I could... What? No, you've probably got someone else. I don't want to tread on anyone's toes. Trudy? Do you mean you could do the ceremony? I'd love to. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> You're such a great friend. I don't know how to say thank you. So yeah, what did you make of that panel? <laughs> Trudy, <laughs> playing all humble. I mean, I, I couldn't. Uh, you probably have someone else. Trudy, there are 12 people in this mall. <laughs> Who else do you <laughs> think? She, you know me. she ain't got nobody else. Who else has a cloak? Come on. <laughs> I, I mean, who who was she to ask? Chloe? <laughs> I mean, she sure as hell couldn't ask Danny. Bray? I just love the way she did it. You know what I mean? She just she like she straight up admitted I was clearly spying on you and Tyson. I know, you know, and is like she's gorgeous. I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
gosh. And Celine's all offended. Like, come on. Tyson explained it very clearly. She was so polite and kind as she said, no, I can't marry you because I'm in a really bad place. I can't join a union like that. She's not mean. She's not testy with Celine. And and Celine, again, it's all about her. So she's like, she doesn't even care that Tyson just told her, I'm in a really bad spiritual place. And all Celine cares about, she won't marry us. Like, she doesn't even care that maybe Tyson could use a friend or anything, right? <laughs> all she's thinking is, oh no, am I going to have to ask Danny to do this now? After after I've tried to steal her man. Oh, okay. Is anybody, did anyone else think it was weird that she goes, it just feels like a bad omen. And it's like, the bad omen is that you don't want to marry Ryan, yeah. Celine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to convince yourself or something? Yes, she is. The bad yes, that's a, this is karma telling you you're a terrible person, Celine. She's a horrible person. I awful. Yeah. No defense to her. I just like the fact that Trudy's like, oh, I am so on board for this train wreck. I tried to save you. <laughs> I tried to save you. I had a moment of sincerity where I tried to be a friend and tell you, look, you don't want to marry this guy. Don't do it. But since you are, I'm just getting my popcorn. I'm getting in the front <laughs> row to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> but I just, it's so, it's so unsettling, Celine and Ryan. Like, it's just nothing has changed. Nothing has gotten better. They're both just so messed up. They should not be doing this. You got Celine just faking, manipulating this whole thing. And you got Ryan is straight up telling her, like, she's like, don't worry, I'm not going to change my mind. And Ryan might as well said, I don't trust you. We're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is healthy. <laughs> uh, he, he's just thinking, I need to make sure Bray doesn't change her mind again. <laughs> I, it's just oh it's I don't, I don't know how people root for them unless they're I just blind to themselves to everything in this relationship and this is and her, even her reaction to him saying let's do it right away even she's like uh, uh like Celine you signed on for this train okay it's 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 going into the tunnel so unless you come clean this is happening what did what what did how long did you come back for the engagement <laughs> And then think you could just fob him off for a while, you know? Like, what was your plan? Apparently, there was no plan. Just uh, this child, this child. Yeah, but I, I wonder if the moment that Ryan started going on about let's do it quickly, she realized she could, you know, she started to realize that okay, okay, maybe I can get away with claiming it happened after the wedding. Yeah. No, that expression was terror. <laughs> yes, she was. So that expression terror. said, oh, I didn't think I'd actually have to <laughs> marry <laughs> you. I was just <laughs> buying myself some time. Oh, this <laughs> is real? Oh, yeah. after she, must have, she must have realized after that that could be practical to claim her innocence. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the fork did cross her mind afterwards, yeah. <laughs> oh, it absolutely did. Uh, Celine, you're the one who brought up marriage. You brought it back into the conversation with Ryan. Mm -hmm. All you had to do is apologize to Ryan and try to sweet talk your way back into a relationship. You're the one yeah. who straight up said, I wish I'd said yes. <laughs> and so Ryan jumped on that, okay? Yep. 
she just had to, just had to, yeah, to get back into a relationship and, and sleep with them, and it would have been done. He leaped on that like a frat boy at a kegger, okay? He was like, <laughs> oh, oh, really? All right. I'm not going to question anything. I've learned nothing. <laughs> nothing. And now she's like, oh, you want to get married immediately? Like, what was the plan? This is, shouldn't this be, she should have smiled. Like, yes, it worked. Because otherwise, I don't know what her plan was. Was her, what, okay. What her plan, <laughs> what her plan should have been was, okay, I got to trick Ryan into marrying me so I can pass off this baby as, you know, our honeymoon baby or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I have that security because whatever. And instead she, it's like, apparently that expression on her face says what she was going to just hide the pregnancy until she couldn't hide the pregnancy and fob off the actual <laughs> marriage and how does that work, Celine? Like, you're would you were you gonna eventually break up with Ryan? Like, you should be happy that he fell into your trap. I don't know why, or unless she just realized, <laughs> crap, what I what am I doing? Maybe that's what mm-hmm. it, that was just a sincere moment of crap. I actually do have to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knuckle up, Celine. <laughs> I mean. It just, you know, she doesn't want him to marry her just because she's having a baby, right? So that that points back to it having to be about her. Yep. And not about anyone else. Mm-hmm. So now she's, it's, you know, that's just, uh, Celine, I don't, mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I've got. Uh, and yeah, sticking with the wedding, feeling put out about being left out of the meeting with the tribe leaders, Casey offers to instead help Ryan prepare for the wedding by taking him to a bar in Sector 4, where he hires a newly independent Smile to sing at the wedding, and also steal the ring, of course. So yeah, I mean, let's focus on that panel. Like, What did you make of the use of the Smile, you know, the people who attacked both Celine and the Morats just like a day or so ago, and hiring them as wedding singers? Uh, uh... <sighs> Uh, it goes back to them not thinking things through it's fine this is the sort of thing that you would read on like a petty wedding behavior reddit you know what i mean (laughs) like did not did casey did casey not know that the smile attack you know got into a fight with ryan and lax or that they tried to attack celine (laughs) like yeah how can he not know i mean and even if he didn't know once he'd hired them, like, the Morats would have said something. But he doesn't tell them. They're a surprise. They just show up after the vows. So he didn't tell anybody. Ryan and Celine just had to put on a brave face that their entertainment or people they were just fighting with the other day. They were probably terrified when they heard the music. <laughs> like... They probably peed themselves. I th- they're all grinning. It's like, I don't, no, I don't get it. Sorry. <laughs> I would have been like, nah. The only thing I can think of is that Casey just thought, okay, these girls, they're not with the jackals. What's going on? And can I fill Billy Boy's spot? You know, if, because he tells them. He wants it, to be their pin. Okay. Yeah. Because he tells them, if, if you help me, I'll help you guys. It is how Casey yeah. deals. He deals in mm. information in favors. So, you know, yeah. I just find it amusing. Like, it doesn't even bother me, but it I is. just find it really funny that that's Casey hired them. I love everything about the scene. And, I mean, my favorite part is the smile singing the original Tribe soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Singing, my like, my second favorite song on the soundtrack. <laughs> I was so <laughs> distracted by that song. I was having trouble following the scene and actually listen to Casey talk to the girl. <laughs> 
I loved that bartend. I think she's just one of those characters who, even though we only see her in one scene, yes. I love everything about her makeup, her rings, her outfit, the conversations she's having with KC. I love that little actress. You know what I mean? I just like, I just loved her. I loved her again. I don't know who she is. She's never, we don't see her again. At least I never see her again. I love everything about that scene. I think it's just brilliant. And I love that the, the smile got a job. I'm happy for them. You know, um, you go girls, you know, I, uh, <laughs> great scene. Great scene. Here's your ring. And just them telling, <laughs> telling Casey, yeah, no, the jaggles, no, they, they couldn't stand to listen anymore. <laughs> no ear for music. And they just didn't like Billy Boy's taste in music. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. I bet they renovated the place too. <laughs> I mean, they de- they deal in stereos, not live music. Like, have you ever heard of hip hop? Come on, man. These girls are just there for when the batteries on those stereos run out. Because remember when we got to visit the Jackal's lair and there was just nothing but howling wolves in the background? I love to imagine that that too was a Billy Boy thing. And they were, the rest of his tribe were just like, please, dude. You know what I mean? I'd rather listen to country than this. Just real music, man. Please. Uh, um, I, I imagine the Jackals changed a lot of things once Billy Boy was gone. He's a good leader, but his aesthetic was awful. There's just, there's this one thing I came across earlier that just suddenly popped up into my head. So we have the jackals with Billy Boy in a warehouse. Has either of you ever read Mace Pre-Tribe, as it is on Tribe World? Because there's this whole story about her being in a warehouse with a boy named Billy before she, at the point when the virus hits. And it just made me wonder if it was, you know, actually Billy Boy. Who knows? Maybe. Fun little headcanon. May gets around. Yeah. Also, it's interesting. Um, Ryan's going through his list of things he needs in 24 hours. And um, I'm like, it, I just, it tells you how disconnected the Mallrats are from the city. That he has no idea where to even go. Where else to trade mm-hmm. for these things. You know? Yeah. Like you yeah, are, now, now that people aren't coming to the mall. That's how the mall routes have managed everything. You have to come to us. Everything has to be on our turf, on our terms. And it's mm-hmm. like the rest of the city is doing their own thing, you know? And it's just so crazy that you are in the top tier and you don't even know the basics of the city and where people would go to trade, you know? But KC does. Yeah. This little, this little kid knows because he actually pays attention to what the, what's going on in the world, you know, outside of their mall and what other people actually have to say, you know, and he actually talks to people from other tribes and gets the lowdown on their lives. And it's just like, you all could be a little bit more like Casey. And he's 11. <laughs> Casey and Chloe yeah. for the win. All right. They're so far the smartest people in this building. <laughs> Casey has more connections than Bray and Danny do. It was really funny of him <laughs> running out and putting the, the ring in <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's hand and then disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Just going to show you a little trick. I can make things disappear, preferably <laughs> at about this big. The Mormons are a lot like so, uh, people who fall into the trap of celebrity and they become disengaged with how average people live and think mm-hmm. because... You know, in earlier seasons, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. there were a lot more mall rats who did have connections outside of the mall and knew people outside the mall and knew the lay of the land, you know. Mm-hmm. And now, 
even Lex is kind of just off the grid, like just barely, unless yeah. there, someone comes into the mall and starts a problem with Lex, he's just not, he's just not out there. He's not yeah. connected with anybody out there. Bray is still trying to keep that connection that he had in season one with knowing how the try, you know, how other people are. And he, he at least has made an effort mainly because he's a leader and has to, but I just think it's really interesting that they've become the celebrities of their own world. They are so disconnected from the rest of tribe world and the way the rest of these kids live, you know, why they become irrelevant. Maybe it's your fate to marry me. I also believe in free will. Then use it. Say yes. Why do you want to marry me, Lex? For the good of the tribe. Yeah, I've just... There's been so much tension in the air. Be serious. Because I love you, Tysan. Because I want to be with you. And if that's not a good enough reason, I don't know what is. After tracking down and talking to Alice, Ellie apologises to Trudy for thinking that she was Lex's other woman and instead exposes Tysan. Lex, however, comes to her defence and tells the group that they are in love and that he wants to marry her. Later on in private, a shocked Tysan tells him that she doesn't believe in marriage, but after listening to his reasons for wanting to do it, and remembering her own jealousy when she thought he had slept with May, changes her mind. So yeah, um, what do you think about finally the truth about Lex and Tysan coming to light, um, and their discuss- discussion about marriage? I'm going to let everyone else go first, because I could <laughs> talk about this for days! <laughs> <sighs> Okay, okay. So first off, I'm just really happy that he stepped up, he defended her, and he just threw all the cards on the table about what was going on and what he wanted. And uh, yeah, you know, of course, Tysan's instantly saying, yeah, but I don't believe in marriage. And then, you know, I like that we got to see her train of thought about, okay, but is is this what it means? Mm-hmm. Because she had never thought about that before. And know about why she would possibly want that yeah i mean she, she never even considered jealousy that much before so yeah I'm, I'm glad that she changes her mind and agrees to to do so me too me too um i think that the that immediate you know like i don't believe in marriage is like an auto response yeah she's probably just trained herself and you know thought that this is what she believed you know but i don't think she ever really was ever in love before Lex. Um, so that just changes that, you know, everything. Yeah, and the last marriage she saw was the one she performed for Lex and Sandra. Yeah. Which she knew was not for any good reason other than, you know, Lex wanting to get her into bed. Right. This is another scene. I love everything about it. Everything from, you know, everyone's just really highly motivated. It's got good dialogue, good acting, um, good staging. I love Ellie coming in to defend her sister. And she, she thinks she's going to give Tysana talking to. Like, the, we, the way she leans into this conversation. She, she mm-hmm. had a, a show she was planning on performing, you know, in defense of her sister. Which, cool. But I also love that it doesn't go down the way Ellie thought it would. You know, um, uh, uh, Tysana doesn't make up excuses. She doesn't um, try to really defend herself. She just accepts that Ellie has a right to be mad at her because, you know, in Tysan's eyes, she betrayed Alice in the worst way. You know, she doesn't even, yeah. nobody even points out, um, shouldn't you be mad at Lex too? 
you know it's just it's really great it's a really great scene i love um trudy's face through the whole thing like again she's got the popcorn out she's like this is wild i can't believe i'm here for this i'm so glad i came in here to get a drink um you've got lex and danny i mean sorry ray and danny flabbergasted in the background yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I even love, like, they came to Tysan's defense, too, when, you know, Ellie was getting going. They were like, yo, you're out of line. Like, I, I just, I liked that. It felt there was a camaraderie, you know, um, mm-hmm. right there. Because Tysan doesn't often get defended by her tribe mates. They right. don't get her. They don't right. understand her. So I liked in that moment when they thought she'd gone too far in insulting her, they said something, you know. And, uh yeah. And then Lex coming in like a freaking dashing hero. Look at your growth this season. You know, I was going to castrate you at one point and now I'm just like, yay, love, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. It's, and it doesn't feel showy. It doesn't feel false. It just, it feels so genuine the way he comes in yes. to defend yeah. her, you know, and taking full responsibility for how things went on and also setting the record straight with Ellie. And then... Lex and Tyson once again having this beautifully honest conversation about their feelings. Oh. Lex does not try to pressure Tyson. He even apologizes for doing that in public. He just couldn't help himself, you know. And she doesn't go on the defensive with him and like, you know, why would you do that? You know, they're just being honest with each other and gentle. He doesn't get mad at her when she says I don't believe in marriage and it's really sweet of you to ask but it's just not my bag and as you guys said she's never been in love she's never even given it any thought and it's just an automatic response I don't believe in that sort of thing and and instead of pouting or you know getting upset at her or basically rejecting her for not giving him what he wants he accepts her answer and even accepts that maybe that's what he deserves why should he get the woman he's in love with when he's played with so many hearts before why should she want to commit to him he you know that's a self-reflective moment maybe this is my karma and accepts that rather than throwing a pity party for himself or getting angry at her and mm-hmm. and then the way Tyson, because she always needs more time to think things through always mm-hmm. the way she re- like you said Sabine the way she reasons it suddenly it made sense to her and that's the other thing I love about Lex and Tysan they aren't ever trying to be what society thinks a healthy relationship is they find their path they find what works yeah. for the two of them mm-hmm. and it's such a gorgeous contrast to what is happening with Ryan and Celine, who it's all fake, mm-hmm. it's all false. It looks pretty and perfect on the outside, and it's just a big mess and has no longevity going for it. And it's built on lies, you know, but it looks the part. Like people don't look at Lex and Tysan and think, oh, that's a healthy couple because they don't <laughs> look traditional, because they don't care about that, you know, they care about each other. And what works for my partner? Where can I concede for my partner and still live with that? And I love that Tyson isn't pressured into feeling she has to marry Lex. It just suddenly makes sense to her now that she understands these feelings. And and yeah. And oh my gosh, it's so well acted, so beautiful. I love that she's asking him, like, is that how you feel about me? Is that what it means to be? Be with someone forever and Lex's eagerness like yes she's getting it yes yes <laughs> you know? I humanize you, you. you know? 
Oh, it's so good. I literally so squeed, you guys. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. And it is proof that they can write a healthy relationship. Oh, my gosh. So it's like all these messed up toxic ones. They do that for fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is drama without the toxicity. You can have drama in a relationship without the couple being toxic. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and Titan yes. or Lex are proof of that. They have <laughs> lots of drama, but they're never toxic to each other. And I'm just like. Right. Yay. A healthy teenage romance for the win. <laughs> oh, such a nice contrast from all the others. The lighting is really nice. They both look so freaking beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They always do. I'm so jealous. There's great shots of their whole ensembles. And I'm like, you two have never looked better and you never will. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. They're very handsome. They are. Mm -hmm. You can tell who the writers are invested in. <laughs> yeah. Who are the favorites, right? Like, we got the Danny Bray crap out of the way. <laughs> Bray and his black, Danny and her almost white. It's fine. I mean, I, I, I'd even go as far as say the Bray and Danny thing just being f kind of forgotten, really. Mm -hmm. but barely. Bray and who? <laughs> <laughs> like, look, we got them there. We're we almost there. We're so close, guys. So We've close. established them. We kept them busy. Now the I mean, real story is here. Okay? Yeah. Let's give them what they really know. <laughs> oh. What a twist. People want true love on screen, and it's not brain. They didn't know what to do with Bray and Danny. So they just mm. had them bickering no. and misunderstanding each other and constantly arguing with each other. Like, as much as I don't like Ryan and Celine, at least their conflicts were built on something real. You know, <laughs> like actual real stuff that people should be in conflict about when you're mm. in a relationship. But Bray and Danny, it was always just tantrums over. I don't like it when you blink like that. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I said jump. You didn't say how high. You know, it's just <laughs> you don't respect me. You would jump for Celine. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, um... <laughs> technically, yeah. I mean, it's nice to see Bree and Danny just working together, but it doesn't look like it's because yeah. they're a couple. It does oh, look like they—they're no. just coworkers. Who... Mm. She's his work wife, waiting for his real wife to come. They back. went to oh. HR and handled their problems, <laughs> and that's that's all. Now I'm suddenly thinking about yes, Bray would jump for Celine, and suddenly I'm realizing that though Bray never went out looking for Trudy, he went out looking for Celine. <laughs> what a turd! <laughs> the that's on the writing. That is on the writing. <laughs> I I can't even blame Bray for that because the writing didn't want anyone to care about Trudy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're like we they're not supposed to find her, so we'll just make them all not care. Yeah. <laughs> make them all not care yeah. at all. It's the, we don't care about Trudy, no no. Yeah, to be fair, like Bray went out looking for Chloe, he went out looking for Celine. Yeah. Hell he oh, went yeah. out looking for, for Bluebell, didn't he? Yeah. I was gonna Call. say Bluebell. Bray is not looking for everyone, even chickens, just not Trudy. Yeah. <laughs> that was just not Trudy. <laughs> Not Trudy, not Brady. That was bad writing. <laughs> that that was on the writers. In his defense, there was a moment he wanted to, and the tribe was like, "No, you can't." <laughs> and he was just <laughs> like, "Okay, I won't fight you on this." <laughs> Wasn't it Danny who said, "No, you can't"? <laughs> I, I need <sighs> to have control of you at all times. You stay here. I'll go look. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't go after that woman. Nah, that's the writing because that it just that was not in Bray's character whatsoever. That brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. The mall rats are setting a trap for themselves. We have only to snap it shut and the city will be ours. But I'm worried. Ebony is getting closer to the truth. She will have to be disposed of. So Trudy relates the Morax's plan to meet with the tribe leaders to the Guardian, who believes it is the perfect opportunity to strike. But if Ebony is still adamant that the Chosen are a threat, they first agree to get rid of her using the distraction of the wedding. So yeah, panel, what do you make of this cliffhanger um, with Trudy meeting the Guardian? Would you, were you afraid of Ebony's safety? Like, yeah, what do you think of it all? The only person's safety I was afraid of, honestly, was Alice. I was worried about Alice, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I was worried about Ebony, but I, I think by now we know that Ebony gets out of jams. Yeah. She gets out of, out of things, you know. I was just glad it was all finally. I'm like, okay, finally. Finally, it's all coming to a head. Let's, let's get into this, you know. Um, but Alice, mm -mm. I did worry about her. Yeah. Worried about Alice and could not wait to see if we would have another scene with Ebony and the Guardian going head to head again. Yeah. I like that um, my feelings were different than the first time she went missing. When she went missing with Spike, it felt deserved. Even though I didn't want her to be taken out by Spike, I didn't want her story to end that way. Mm. I, was, I wasn't I was worried about her. I was like, well, you know, it, she did this to herself. Here, it's different because Ebony is right. She's right about the Chosen, yeah. and she can't get anyone to listen to her. So them targeting her, yeah, there's a sense of anxiety. Like, oh, man she's gonna get it you know what i mean and um this time i i actually genuinely was when i first saw it worried that because it was like if anyone's going to take her out i could see it being jaffa like spike wasn't a worthy opponent you know he was just a little jaffa is a jaffa has been built up to be one and so i was like it would be a worthy way for ebony to go out if she was going to this is before I realized she was completely immune in the plot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she is immune. totally safe. Um, yeah. This was still, you know, early on. So I was like, ooh, this might yeah. be it. Like, they are legit killing people. They have, we have a body. These, these guys have a kill count. Mm. That's so true. I thought she could go. They could do this because they did such a great job building the Chosen up and showing proof of how far they were willing to go from the first kid who died in the Chosen because he was denied the antidote, you know, by their religion. Mm -hmm. I, guys, I knew they were serious. So if they actually wanted to kill her, I thought they might actually succeed mm -hmm. in killing Ebony. And again, it would be a worthy way for her to go out. Yeah. Um, it'd be sad. I'd be, you know, like, oh no, Ebony's gone. But I wouldn't be like disappointed that this is how she went out because it's like at least she was taken yeah. out by a big fish. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I also felt the sense of like, oh, the ball's getting rolling. It can't come mm -hmm. fast enough. Mm -hmm. This is really great, you know. Um, and in all fairness, from that giant smile on Trudy's face when they talked about this it felt kind of satisfying <laughs> i know i'm evil she cannot <laughs> wait she cannot wait to see their faces it, it just felt a bit satisfying to know uh, yeah we're going after ebony now and you can just see the excitement in her face oh for sure because ebony's <laughs> still an enemy mm -hmm. you know she doesn't want anything any harm to come to like bray or patsy you know celine oh. but ebony nah mm -hmm. she's good let me set up this murder. 
I don't think Trudy has truly allowed herself to think about the reality of what's going to happen to the people she does actually care about when this is done. Her only focus is being reunited with her daughter. And that means she has Mm -hmm. got to achieve this goal for Jaffa. He is not going to let her stay with her daughter until she does. And so for him to tell her, okay, we're, we're just about there. That smile, like, yes, we're almost done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have to do this anymore. I'll just be with Brady. Because she's stopped thinking about, like, for her, the chosen are inevitable. Yeah. There's just no point in fighting them. And her only focus is Brady now. So it's like, if we're almost done, mm-hmm. I'm almost reunited with my kid. And yeah, I don't think she's actually allowed herself to think, what is going to happen to Bray, the rest of the mall rats, yeah. Patsy, you know, like, she's compartmentalized. I think she always simply assumed all would be well with them because they would just, you know, do the smart thing. Join. Join, survive, worship her. Um, <laughs> whereas Ebony is that one little from her past who's put her through so much. And yes, she'll be happy to see that one go because, you know, she doesn't have to do it herself. Yeah, there's no love lost with Ebony there. Yeah, no. I mean, if I were her, I'd be kind of happy that Ebony would finally, you know. I feel like she's got a lot of emotions going on for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, but that part would definitely be revenge. I'm telling you, she likes it. She likes the power. Just as much as she wants to be with her kid, I think that she enjoys it a little bit. I think that because yeah. she's never had yeah, it. Yeah, she's, she's never had it before. And to be... So it's a new experience and, yeah, finally in charge of something in her life. Yes, you guys should have cared about me a little bit more. But also, I think what's really important to remember is that there's no, the rationale is so different than our Mm -hmm. own. Because that's what cults do. They change your perception of the world. What is right? What is wrong? What is up? What is down? And, um, you know, we know that Trudy wasn't power hungry. We know she wasn't interested in being worshipped. They broke her down into a place where oh, they, she was yeah. able to yeah. accept this and even enjoy it. Um, you saw what they did to Bray. Right. What they, yeah. You see exactly. what they tried to do to Bray. Yeah. So it's not just a typical, oh, I'm enjoying the adulation. It's more like they stripped me bare and destroyed the person I was and built me into what they wanted me to be. And this person can accept the adulation, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. and they made her feel like she finally deserved that. I also think being separated from Jaffa helps in season two um, mm-hmm. because once we see them stuck back together, even though she's with her child, Trudy will be in a lot more emotional turmoil because he can abuse her daily, which he does. Yeah. And so this is probably the first time she's truly been able to enjoy the benefits of being a Supreme Mother, even if she's not with Brady. There is a high side to not having to be with Jaffa, watching her mm-hmm. every move, listening to her every word, and just attacking her all the time as a way to control her. She's been able to, you know, create the fantasy of what being the Supreme Mother is away from that abuse. Because he doesn't really do any of it with this, with this separation. And that would also create a sense of relief to be able to enjoy the high point of being the Supreme Mother. She only has to show up for the meetings and, you know, be worshipped. She doesn't have to deal with him, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you're on to something there. I think that might actually also be why she could be so convincing to Patsy. Yeah. 
because you know when she has the narrative in the mall she makes the story when Jaffa's not near her she gets to dictate how things are and only think about the parts that she liked the parts that worked that were okay yeah so it's easier to paint a pretty picture to someone like Patsy if she's not around you know the bad parts at that point yeah because once she's back in within his clutches, the reality of what being the supreme mother comes crashing back down on her, mm-hmm. and she's she basically has a breakdown, you know, and yeah. um, he he pushes her so far that she completely collapses. So yeah, um, I think that has a lot to do with why Trudy seems to be enjoying this, you know. Oh, I, I saw a note about her having time to change. I honestly believe that is like mandatory with Jaffa. <laughs> I really do. I guarantee like you, Jaffa does nothing without the performance, without the show. I guarantee when she shows up, she has to go and change into her arraignments before she can have an yep. audience. Yeah. Yep. It, it's formal wear only. It, it's just, it's just like you would not go later on. You would not visit with Ram in your furred clothes. You do not visit with Jaffa with clothes that have been used. <laughs> like we we're in a time crunch, dude. And he's just like, go change. Have give her a bath and <laughs> Yep, give her a bath. She smells I was gonna say yeah. like she has to sneak out of the mall. I with probably with Brady because she can't leave her there unless she but there's um Patsy's looking after protecting her in it. And then like having to get changed and then see the guard and it change back and then run back into the mall. It's like it's just a bit It's magic. <laughs> I guarantee he makes her do that. He makes yeah. them all do it. Yeah, because he doesn't want the, the peasant germs on him. No. Yeah, and someone's doing it for her, remember. She's not bathing or dressing herself. No, she's quickly getting washed and, and dressed by some servant. Just so she can give him a, like, a one-sentence message. <laughs> yep. But that's because Jaffa's not in a hurry. No. Nope. He's biding his time. He's like, I'm waiting. Their chaos yeah. is our opportunity. I know I, I'm going to strike when it's right. Trudy's the one who's in a hurry. Like, come on. I'm doing everything you said. I just want my child. I just want my child. I don't want to be discovered. So hurry up already with this. Yeah, yeah that was going to be like my last kind of question on it. Like, do you think this should have occurred earlier? No. Like, are you all, do you agree? Are you happy with the slow build up that we've had? The build up makes it worth it. it yeah. It, it, raises the stakes they, they're winding that tension and it's just like i feel like we wouldn't have cared as much as this happened fast nah it, it wouldn't have made such an impact it's like hitchcock was talking about tension how do you make it work if you put a bomb under a table and it blows up you get a jump scare out of people in a few seconds of shock but if you tell the audience there's a bomb under the table, the dinner becomes much more interesting because we know these people are in danger, but they do not. So when the bang comes, it is satisfying because we've spent the entire dinner mm-hmm. dreading it. So I, I think they took a page out of that book. Yeah, I can't help it. I just really love the way they build up the whole chosen storyline. So I don't have a favorite season. I have a favorite storyline. <laughs> Yeah, like I love that the threat is introduced to us immediately, even though we don't know it's a threat. We just it feels off them talking about Zoot, and um, and then they're just they're they're nowhere to be seen. Our Malrats are just doing their thing in the city. They got all their own problems, and then boom, the chosen make a show. They show up in a meeting, and they're just there's something off about them. They're ominous. They're strange, you know. And I just like that the looming threat 
doesn't even it's a threat but not much of a threat they're not doing anything until they go after trudy and brady and so their threat has just been escalating but very slowly and now it's ramping up you know with bodies dropping and them literally saying out loud you know they're going after people it was just slow and steady pulls the fish in on the reel you know if you do it too quick you'd break it so you gotta just reel it in nice and slow and you get that fish and that's probably why it's the invasion that works the best in all five seasons yeah. and because they put the work in they put the work in so i kind of agree with that but apart from that massive gap when they go missing i think i understand why it was for to again cement the morats's destruction but I, I, I think it did go on a bit too long it, it could have been condensed i think i think it needed to be this long but it might have worked better for us if we would have seen small glimpses in between you know of what was going on with trudy over there i think it could be a trap of the 52 episode season if you already know you have to stretch the storyline out like that we are you're gonna get some dead space i mean even in the mall sometimes you just have episodes where it's just busy work mm. you know and it's the plot doesn't really matter that just re-establishing things we already know and having the same conversations over again and it, there are times when you they feel like they're killing time but i will say just unlike other seasons I never forgot that there was a plan in place and they do a really good job of pulling it all together. So I don't feel like my time was wasted when I get here. Whereas mm. in other seasons, I, I do feel like there was a ton of stuff I didn't need to see because it has nothing to do with the third act, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm suddenly realizing why it didn't seem that long for me, but that's because we got, you know, the, the combined episodes. So for us, season two was still 26 episodes. Because we had one and two combined, oh, yeah. three and four, and so on over here. So it never, it never seemed like such a big gap to me. Like when I compare it to, say, season three, which that's where I do feel like the Chosen drag on mm -hmm. to no purpose. You know, it doesn't come together in the third act. When you get to the third act of season three, it doesn't pull everything that you've just experienced together. It, it feels like disjointed chapters. They're firm chapters, but they're disjointed and don't really go together they're just you know kind of it gets sloppy mm -hmm. towards that end it didn't so it starts to feel like there was a big chunk of season three that wasted my time you know or um you know season one which it spent i love season one i it's my favorite season even if it's not the best written season but it does meander a lot <laughs> there's, there's no firm story of season one it's just the story of survival and it's a character study really and yeah season two just feels satisfying it could have gone pear-shaped if it wasn't <laughs> it it, like, if this third act didn't pull it together then i would be begrudging a lot in season two but because there's a consequence to everything we saw oh yeah like i yeah. i'm like okay okay you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it ends fantastically yeah there's no doubt about that it does put it all yeah, together for sure yeah yeah this is why we put you through all that agony <laughs> And you literally can't wait for the chosen to just <laughs> right? yeah, crush them all. <laughs> hmm. Burn sweet, them. sweet revenge. Burn them. <laughs> Alright, cool. Um that brings series two, episode forty-seven to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. If you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. 
So we'll see you next time for episode 48. Until then, bye. 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 Bye.